welcome to the 250, the podcast where our morning commute gets rat-fucked because a bunch of thespians wanted to dance on their cars on the interchange. I'm Douglas, and with me as always is my co-host Jonathan. How are you, Jonathan? Oh, Douglas, those damn thespians always fucking up my commute. Oh, I could- I could. Re- I did not write this intro. <laughs> this is very fueled by one thespian-hating co-host. If this is your first time tuning into the 250, we have taken a snapshot of IMDb's top 250 movies of all time as of January 2020, and have been watching them from number 250 through to number one. In this podcast, we discuss our opinions, thoughts, and reactions to the movies within. Today's movie is a bonus film, bonus number 35, La La Land. I don't have to talk about that. How did you not, like, twig <laughs> by, like, I'm ready to, me I'm saying ready to all of my that? Friend like, Douglas. it didn't... A jazz pianist and an aspiring actress fall in love while trying to kickstart their careers in Los Angeles, but a success finds them. They, that's way too quick. A jazz, pian- a, j- a jazz pianist and an aspiring <laughs> actress fall in love while trying to kickstart their careers in Los Angeles, but as success finds them, they struggle to reconcile their lifestyles required for their dreams to be a reality. Ugh. A jazz pianist and an aspiring actress fall in love while trying to kickstart their careers in Los Angeles. But as success finds them, they struggle to reconcile their lifestyles required for their dreams to be a reality. La La Land is written and directed by Damien Chazelle, who we know for Whiplash, Babylon, and he also wrote Ten Cloverfield Lane. Didn't direct it, but wrote it. Jonathan has not seen in this film, seen in, in this film before. I have seen it. A great many times. Great many like, times. Mm, probably upwards. Of, this would probably be like my sixth or seventh. Watch. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This is Douglas's. And if it was unclear, this is Douglas's bonus episode take. Because <laughs> I am a thespian, but I, ha- I, I have wanted. No, no, no. I have wanted to watch it for a for a while. I mm. I enjoyed the theater, but I feel like I enjoy like small local theater. I feel like it's um no, less pretentious. Yeah, you don't fuck is, with musicals, hey? No, no. I like a musical. I just like. I, I, I just couldn't see myself going to, like, a touring show, I feel. Like, maybe it was, if I was in New York, I'd probably go see something, you know? Um, like, a big, big thing, but I, 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 I feel like- So, supporting Aussie talent isn't, like, you know, all that important to you, huh? That is literally the opposite of what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I, I feel- No, but there's, like, Aussie talent in even those, like, high, big, you know, like, touring shows. It's still all Aussie talent. Too pretentious. Not interested. I want to see- I want to <laughs> see- I want to see local talent, Douglas. I want to see dicks out, fucking- Yeah. <laughs> cock on the table. <laughs> what was that? There's a- there's I a, want full frontal nudity. The fringe is on right now. The fringe shows are happening, Douglas. And I'm, uh- Itching, Adelaide Fringe. Adelaide Fringe. Itching to see some male nudity because let me tell you, if you want to see a penis, poof, what a place to be. Adelaide Fringe is a place to go. Unironically, <laughs> unironically, I this is probably because we have finally like knocked all the people off of our listener base who know us personally. Um, so yeah. the chances of someone listening to this is actually from Adelaide are pretty low. Although these guys will be in these pretty guys will soon. be in the East Coast pretty soon. There's a group called mm. Headfirst Acrobats. Amazing. So fun. And very gay and like very muscular and shredded. And they one of them always ends up naked. So, you know, it's a good show. Anyway, um, I completely <laughs> lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> they're muscular and shredded and, so, and, and toned <laughs> and <laughs> sweaty and, and they're so naked. strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lost my, lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, can you give me a towel? <laughs> yeah, so La La Land. Towel and a cigarette. 
So La La Land, uh, is would you would you put La La Land under that? Is it too grandiose? No, it's a movie, so it's like a different. Th- like this film is sucking its cock the whole way through. Like it's fine, you know, it's sucking its own dick. That's fine. I actually have a. <laughs> I actually one one of my notes is that like. It's it's completely like horribly self-indulgent, but actually because it is so self-indulgent, it allows it to do some stuff that feels like more for the just pure spectacle because they're like, we're already here to fucking see Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone gas it up. You know, let's let's do something crazy like um, the scene in the. I think it's an observatory where they're like dancing like on the like ballroom dancing in space. I'm like, I'm like, you could. You could make a story reason for that. You know, you could you could put the musical vibe in there, but to some degree I think they were just like, Man, we're just we're just here to talk about how fun it is to be in Hollywood, but You're describing one of the most key elements to most musicals, which is the suspense of disbelief. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think that compared to other ones that we've had this allows for even f- like the, for them to push the bar further than like it's more crazy than sure, singing in the rain. Comparing to musicals we've seen, which I was going to say is pretty much just singing in the rain. There's a couple like unless we're classifying like animated musicals like Coco to a degree, but not really. Well, I'm not. So um, thanks for checking though. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. <laughs> no worries. I thought it was good. I, thought it, I, 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 I liked, I liked it being self-indulgent because I think it allowed it to just be extra, extra, extra. It's already going to be extra, but it's more extra than it would normally be for a film that was. I mean, it's not that it doesn't take itself seriously either, because it does. Um, but I don't know. I thought I, I, I'm allowing it, Douglas. This one time, you're allowing. I'm allowing it. Goofy things to happen in a musical, in a movie where people just break into salt. Yeah. <laughs> Any more you're questions about the it. movie? You're or? allowing. I'm allowing. You're allowing it to do weird time. things, even though they just randomly go into salt. Yep. Yep. No one can hear me nodding, <laughs> nodding sarcastically. Yep. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever, but, like, that's fine. Cool. Okay. All right. Let me be positive, all right? I'm trying. I'm trying to be positive from within my own framework. I don't don't understand why you're being, like, why you're being so, like, oh, like, they're getting so, like, kooky with it. How bold and adventurous of them to do it in a movie musical. What else do you have to say about this? The whole bit is nostalgia. The whole bit is nostalgia yes. value. The whole bit is that they're commemorating and paying homage and giving credit to musicals of old while still contributing to the conversation. I like it. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> it sure sounds like you are. <laughs> I just think it's fun, man. Give me a break. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to verbalize these things. I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out where you're coming from. That's I don't understand the language like, of fear. You were so like, you were so like, yeah, I don't know. The suspense of disbelief is so innate to movie musicals. Yeah. Like, and musicals in general. Like, you can't. Yeah, yeah, but there's there like the go, there's like the there's like the high school musical level of suspense and disbelief where they're just like, oh, we're gonna start singing now, and then we're back to it, right? Well, this is like, oh, we're gonna start singing now, and now everything's made out of cardboard, and you're like, hey, yeah, okay, cool. Well, yeah, this, is, this is there is a level of separation here, and I appreciate the cardboard level more than I do the 
I like how they Where do you send- draw the line? Where do I draw the line? Let's find yeah. out, Douglas. Where does it become too much? Let's let's find out. Did you say let's find out? Let's <laughs> get <laughs> <Because> something crazier. <laughs> like where does where does so La La Land is acceptable suspense of disbelief? Like you were like, okay, it's fine within the context of the, the thing. You're like, man, it's fine. And then High School Musical is where you're like, no, this is unacceptable. I don't like. I don't believe no, no. that. <laughs> I'm just the, saying I appreciate it. I'm just saying the catalyst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 not fucking talking about the suspense of disbelief. So, I'm just trying to understand. John. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to be on the same page. This is the most chaotic first ten episodes, a uh, ten ep- minutes of an episode ever. I'm trying to understand where, like, okay, how music, and I'm pretty sure I've stated this on the podcast before in another. I think singing in the rain. When a character starts to sing. Mm. Is where words are no longer enough spoken normally, so they have to sing. Yeah. Like the emotion becomes so overwhelming that they have to sing. There is no other resort but for them to sing. In every circumstance where characters seemingly spontaneously break into song, I think is entirely reasonable. I think the emotion and the build up and the lead up to all of the the sung tracks within La La Land. Is completely reasonable. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Next question. High school musical. Yeah. <laughs> where it's same same argument. Where the emotion yeah, agreed. becomes to a point where agreed? Yeah. Okay. Good. So- we, we have a sense of understanding. <laughs> okay. Now Okay, yep. Yeah. Okay, question now, three. Yeah. Now we're on to the suspension of disbelief thing, right? Where you you see a thing like they them floating up into the observatory, which is where I think the first real suspension of disbelief happens in the film and then there's like one or two more sequences towards the end. But it's the first big one where it really forces the audience to go, to not question it too hard. Like, you just gotta, it's a musical, it's pretty, so fuck it, we ball. It, it does that feel deserved? Did you suspend disbelief? Or did you have the thing in the back of your head where you were like, oh, fuck, So here's my huh? argument, Douglas. I, okay. What I'm arguing is that it's cool. And I liked it. Yes. Well, okay then. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the two five zero. All I'm saying is that you said it as well. It's, it's 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 you know it's nostalgic. I I framed it as self indulgent, not in like an aggressive, angry way. Like the film is it's about. I wanna I wanna pry that deeper as well. Self indulgent. Can you can you elaborate on that? It's a movie about movie stuff. Yes. And the arts. Yeah. And a movie about being a thespian. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I meant by yeah. that. But they lean, they, I feel right. like they lean more heavily into it because of that. Like, I think, um, like, for comparison, Singing in the Rain is like, pushes mm. the, pushes mm. the bar further than, than our, um, you know, previous punching bag high school musical, right? And I think this is the next <laughs> step along. Like, like, I think, like, I think in your scale, Zero is High School Musical. One is La La Land. I think like singing is like maybe a maybe a point three, you know, like maybe a point three five. You know, it's like not not it's not that crazy. It's still fairly grounded. Once you get past people singing because they just wanna, whereas this is like this this allowed them to go really hard and also things like a lot of stuff with the, um, the setting in and of itself. There's the scene with the share house. And everything is, like, so intense and bright and, like, it sort of looks like a set 
which I assume is semi-intentional, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. what, that's what I call as self-indulgent. Cause I think that as like a viewer, especially of someone who's like seen a lot of stuff, you can go like, oh, I see what they're doing here and I'm allowing it cause it's fun. It's like a little, yes. it's yeah. a little treat for ourselves, Douglas. Absolutely. Yeah. We allow it because yeah, it's entertaining and we, that, yeah, yeah. Like I think. What makes a what separates a good musical from a shit musical is how good the suspense of disbelief is. Right. I.e., cats. A lot of people struggle to suspend disbelief with cats because it's just so like, I use a cat. What the fuck does he do? That's cool. Let's look at this other cat. What's he do? He does that. That's pretty mad. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> like that's the whole musical. I feel like I'm a complete like I'm like a mark, you know. When it comes to like suspension of disbelief, I'm like everything. Like I read like reviews and people like, oh, I fucking like it, this completely took me out of it, whatever. And I'm like, I wasn't thinking about that at all. I was just in there, you know. I was in the moment, right? And it takes a lot for a film. Really, it takes a lot for a film to like. I we I like, had the inverse like opinion of you i thought you would like you you get pulled out pretty easily i think that the fucking podcast has made has ruined that for me to some degree <laughs> right and like going out of my way yeah. to be critical about films fucking for an hour every week has has ruined that to, for me for some degree <laughs> but um for four years <laughs> yeah for four years um this has had you know it's had an unfixable effect on my psyche, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I'll never a, uh, be the same again. A natural, a natural development upon your psyche. No, natural. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's unnatural, frankly. <laughs> what? I no, no, no. I think it was bound to happen. Yeah, you know? I think it was always, it was always coming for us. But I think but, that uh, I think that like it is very easy to ruin enjoyment of basically anything for yourself by over intellectualizing it, and um, yeah. And I have to, like, fight against that after being in a fucking movie podcast for four years. You you, you have to just sit there and go, that was fun. And not be like, oh, mm. oh, I saw I saw a fucking... Did you know that when when he kicked the fucking orc's helmet, he was screaming because he actually broke his toe? Like, like that kind of shit. Like, oh, did you know about that fucking camera effect? Did you know about that fucking that acting technique or whatever? It's like... Just, like, letting yourself be absorbed in it. At least before the podcast, mm. I was very good at that. Right. Why were we talking you, about this? <laughs> uh, suspension of disbelief. Oh, okay. And we were, like... It, uh, like, I hate that I fucking watched John Wick again the other day, and I was like, well, it looks really cheap. Like, fucking... Who, fuck you, present me. <laughs> <laughs> Have a bit of fucking <laughs> magic in your life. Jesus Christ. Interesting. That's really interesting. Mm. I feel like I haven't really changed all that much. I think you're always an insufferable. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I will genuinely be here (laughs) when you need me. Bring the mic. My moment. All right. Let me have this fucking episode. Just like, (laughs) just let me have it. Like, I I don't want to hear any back chat. (laughs) I don't want to hear any shit. Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are dancing around and it's great. Justin Howard's is great. Mandy Moore is great. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I want to put on the. I want to put on the record. I really enjoyed this film. I had a great time with it. All right. You cocksucker! No, don't try and save face. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to say, buddy? <laughs> oh man, look, I, I was a little bit worried coming back into La La Land because I hadn't seen it in maybe about three years, four years. I watched it a lot. 
over mm. a very short period of time because I was just so obsessed with it and I wanted to I wanted to understand how they did that kind of magic how mm. they how Damien Giselle and the gang kind of yeah pulled it all together that makes it so such a enjoyable rewatchable package and what I keep coming back to which is why I kind of was so all about it in the first 10 minutes of this episode mm. is a suspension of disbelief but also how grounded it is it's got to be one of the most grounded but simultaneously suspended kind of movie musicals out there because it it gives you such elation and such happiness through a lot of the music not all of it but a lot of it and then it kind of finds a way to really make you think like a little bit deeper mm. and then basically give you depression and then it manages to kind of pull you back out a little bit again. Not all the way, but like enough <laughs> where you kind of go, dang, I'm happy with how this all resolved, which was, I remember the first time I was watching it, I was like, how the fuck are they going to wrap this up where I get to walk away and I go, I'm happy, you know? And without spoiling it, the last probably 15, 20 minutes I was just crying nonstop. Mm. Like, it's so- It's pretty heavy. So captivating and so- Yeah, heavy. Yeah, very true. I love it. I remember kind of being a bit shaky about Ryan Gosling. Uh, Emma Stone was always a win. Always, always, always. She's phenomenal in this film. But Ryan Gosling, I remember kind of going a little bit back and forth on. Mm. Just because of if you <laughs> listen to other episodes where we're in Ryan Gosling stars, you'll know that I have some issues with how he- acts in the way that he doesn't act <laughs> yeah and he's just very kind of one note monotonous just ryan gosling white blonde man energy but he has a nice level of everything here i think there's that kind of suave savoir-faire of your fred astaire gene kelly i mean nowhere near the fucking level that they were because i mean who can get to that level but it still feels as though he's walking along the same path in this film, which is really cool. Mm. And yeah, Emma Stone is a fucking regular Debbie Reynolds. I would absolutely like same level as Debbie Reynolds. She's phenomenal. Um, I continue to talk about Emma Stone, sing her to the high heavens forever. But yeah, I think this time around, I actually really enjoyed Gosling. I thought he was really fun. I really liked the energy that he brought. I thought he had the right little bit of comedy a la The Nice Guys. And then he had like the right bit of one note monotonous energy from Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> and then he had the right bit of research a la Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, like the greats. So yeah, I think it's especially for, I really appreciate the research that I think Ryan Gosling did because it's evident. Um, evident that. Yeah, he put the time and the effort to understand the movement, to understand fucking playing piano. It's learning about jazz. Like, yeah, it's the the passion from this film exudes out of every pore and it's very infectious. So I think that's my main takeaway from watching it this time around is just the passion from everyone. The whole crew, Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling, it's so easy to get swept up in it. Because mm. everyone is loving it. Everyone is loving being there in this film. Everyone is loving doing this thing. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I really like, despite myself, I still really like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Like, Jesus Christ, fucking. I just actually watched the first episode of The Curse, which she's in. Um, oh, yeah. I really want to yeah. watch it. Um, but th- that reminded me as well. She has this. Um, and I mean, it's, it's not. Uh, well, no, I'm not going to fucking um, put a condition on this. I, I really like her kind of micro emotional, micro facial expressions she does. She's really good. At acting as someone who is putting on a brave face while being completely miserable or distraught. <clears throat> She's a fantastic reactor, mm. which is one of the like best bits of being an actor. If you can if you can listen and respond to information being presented to you as a character mm. in a way that is human and genuine. Which Emma Stone does every single time. She is so authentic in her response to stuff. So yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, she's 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 great. I think um, so it, believable. It felt like Ryan Gosling was yeah doing more. He definitely does have some, and I I think he also maybe to some degree gets typecast as like a character who's a bit you know uh, uh, flat. Yeah, flat's not the right word. Like almost like guarded. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know it's the drive type character, and um, experienced some trauma. Hasn't really gone to therapy about it, but it's just kind of banging on he's through. Put, anyway. He's put up all. He's put up all the. He's put up all the barriers. All and the stuff. walls. Yeah, I, I, it's mm. it's hard to say because I also still haven't seen Barbie. Is he more? Because he's like. Oh, he is so much bigger in Barbie. Yeah. Oh my god, it's the biggest I've seen him, which is great. It's so fantastic to see him in that space. Yeah, it, ma- it yeah. makes it makes me feel that he has been like typecast as that kind of character. Then maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah, hard to say. Um, well, he was very which excited. Which is why it's so good to see him in that realm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this like and nice guys as well. This this pushes him more into. More, you know, he's got more character than he does in something like Drive, or even in something like Nice Guys. I think, yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. We, which was, yeah, there's more backstory and more subtext. I mean, I like I looking think, at yeah. him. All right, I don't need a, I need, I, yeah. <laughs> I can look. I'm just gonna allow. I'm just gonna say that. Absolutely. Hey, hey. I, I, he's I, nice to too? look at. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, when he when he uh the 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 one that's on the poster. You know where they're doing the dance yeah. up on the hill. And he's got the rolled up sleeves and the tie. Ooh, mama. Mm. That's a man in a suit. That is a man in a Wowie. suit. Wowee. Mm. Boy, howdy. Also, one other thing I want to talk about. While we're on, like, just general production design. Wow. First of all, production design. Crazy. So good. In every asset, costume, mm. set, everything. It's wonderful. But the other thing that I kind of caught this time around is the absence of a confirmation of setting in time mm. does that make sense yeah because at the cafe they have like a little ipad square thingy that you know people use to pay and all that kind of thing oh like capital but- s square the company square yes sorry square yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um the continue mm, yeah the, the people point the of people, sales the thing. people who yeah. make point of sales that's the one and everywhere else it's got this real nostalgic feeling it's got Mm. like a i wouldn't even say 90s probably more like 80s kind of a feel to it right Mm. costume design is almost like 60s like i am fucking atrocious at reading this kind of shit the only thing i can do because i am a fucking computer science major is um i can pick i can pick approximate dates based on technology (laughs) 
it was just to say if they've got a square point of sale, it's in like uh, You're like 2018, be, maybe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mid 2010s. She's yep. got like an iPhone, I think, like an iPhone 8 or something, or iPhone 7. Yeah. So, yeah, like, so yeah mm. it puts us around, like, but it's old and broken. So, like, but, but I'm wondering whether that's the, the absence of confirmation of time and with how nostalgic and rose colored glasses the film is anyway, mm. whether the lack of confirmation of, like, yes, we are in modern day and the evident care and touch that's put towards costume design, production design, set, and everything to give it that older kind of a feeling is all in service of continuing to hold that kind of nostalgia and the 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 homage to your older uh, things. Like, one mm. of the things that I know you wouldn't have catched because you haven't seen it yet, but I still would like to bring it because I'd be interested. West Side Story, the bit... Where all of the girls are doing um, somewhere in the crowd and they've, uh, who's what's it? Emma Stone has just run out and she's in the blue dress and everything and they're walking down the street and doing the choreo with the dresses and stuff. Mm. That's an homage to West Side Story. And there's many other tiny little like tips of the cap like that to other musicals. But they're not like, huh, huh, get it? Musical, huh? Get the musical, do you get it? It's always very... Soft they, I feel like subtle, it would have been something I like really that. I would have, I would have picked it and been angry. <laughs> Whereas, like, I would, I, I wouldn't have picked, I wouldn't have picked what it was, but I would have, I would have picked that they were going like, like, look at this shit. Whereas I didn't get any of that. Like, you're, this is what you're saying is that like this stuff was like subtle enough that like a dipshit yes, like me like yeah, did not see it in the slide. And, I, and you're correct. Yeah, I actually didn't. I didn't feel totally. like there was anything sort of. I didn't, I didn't know. I was, I was saying the film was, like, self-indulgent, but despite that, I didn't catch any of that stuff that- If it was, like, outside of my frame of knowledge, yeah. Yeah, they- I was what, I'm, say, so what you, I'm saying is they did a good job, Douglas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your, your frame of reference for movie musicals and, like, all that kind of a thing at the moment is, like, Singing in the Rain. What other movie musicals <laughs> have you seen? High School Musical. I haven't seen many movie musicals. I've been to a couple of musical musicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Mm. The names of which are not coming to me, but I've got a fr- I got a friend who does theatre in in South Australia, and uh, I go to all their shows. So. Nice, nice, yeah. very good. Shit, we're kind of sorry. I feel like I I, uh, I, I got I, I please I please don't take this as anything, but like trying to just I don't, don't be weird. Were you saying the suspension of disbelief was good in this film? Was that your thesis? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was, that's I, where the I confusion. I felt like I was like fucking defending myself, and I was like, oh. Yeah. No. 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 It. Like the the confusion earlier on in the podcast was from me thinking that you like there were some parts of the suspense of disbelief where you were allowing, but then for some reason other parts where you were like, what the fuck? Huh? I don't. Huh? Like, I don't well, get. I think it's. So, I think it like it like loops around. You know, like, suspension of disbelief comes. Comes full circle in a way where you're, you're, it's like, or oh, not even that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Don't pull that face at me. I'm, we're on the same side. I like, I like totally. the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. Uh, Sorry. I, I, I was genuinely worried that you would be like, this is too much for me. It's too, like, too musically. And as you said, self-indulgent, um, but- It was self-indulgent, I think- but I was like, oh, it's entirely enjoyable because you can tell that everyone involved in it was having a lot of fun with it, you know? Yeah. 
And I, it's like yep. it's it's fun to watch passionate people be passionate. Yeah. 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 I yep. like the movie. All right. Stop pulling faces at me. I okay. like it. Okay. No, I'm <laughs> hey, hey, hey. hey. Yeah, no, let's all let's just take a moment before we before we head over into the spoiler zone. No real content warning, by the way. There's like one bit, one mildly uh almost marriage story-esque kind of conversation of a couple bickering, and that's really about it. Yeah. Uh it's a movie musical, you know what you're getting into. It's song and dance, it's good times. So we both recommend this film. Yeah. I recommend it. Don't you dare because- speak for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what you just said before. Okay. I recommend this film. <laughs> and I just gaslight recommend me for the rest film. of the episode. <laughs> You're like, what do you mean I recommend it? Fuck it. <laughs> when did I ever say that? No, I thought it was very, very film. fun. Yeah. I think it's uh so infectious and so just, everyone is having such a good time making it mm. and being in it and that is such yeah an uplifting thing to watch mm. and there's like one bit that like i kind of find a fault with but it's more so like a personal gripe than anything that uh, but nothing that i could really pull it down from my five star ranking i still think this is like got to be one of the most fucking perfect movie musicals out there um <laughs> So I yeah. will say I I did give this film a four and a half stars, but I might oh no I might bump it up. I don't have hey! like I don't I feel like I don't have a reasonable ding ding ding. I I I have some small gripes. Three I have some small gripes. Star. We'll talk. Well, it's I, yeah. I, I, I you know what? Uh, I might give it a three. I might, I might give it three Michelin stars. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's a five star, but it's a three Michelin star. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. <laughs> I like, maybe it's a five star. Anyway, we'll talk about we'll talk about my gripes because they're story related. Um, yes. Uh, go watch it. We give me the spoiler thing. We're now in the spoiler zone. Anything that we say, we kind of like already talked about some points. Uh, but anything we say now will definitely spoil. 2016's La La Land. I think so we basically dodged anything story. I think we actually did a really good job of dodging anything story e. In yeah, um, we we talked about the, like the observatory bit, but like man, you know. Yeah. Um. I mean, we talked. That's not a spoiler. They're ballroom dancing. What? <laughs> yeah, but like, what if you know? It's it's <laughs> the big didn't... moment of like <laughs> the suspension of disbelief thing. You know. You know, like you know, Up like until then, um, no crazy shit has happened. You know, like does the dog die? Dot com. It's like. Do the leading the leading characters ballroomdance.com in space. <laughs> I did not realize and this I know we've uh, completely um wasting our uh, this one can go I think I I well, this might this one might go long. We'll see how it goes. Um I I don't want to waste our spoiler time, but I didn't realize that another day of song was uh, sun was from another day of sun was oh, from this phone. Really? I think it was like You'd a fucking TikTok before. thing for a moment. Ah, interesting. I feel like just the 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 big band bit at the start, the melody, you know? mm. like pre mm. like pre melody, yeah, pre pre vocals. The bum 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 bum. And the da, da, it's da, a catchy da, ass da, song. It's, Man, the, it's the it's a bit not, right at the start of another song. There's not a fucking dud track on this whole goddamn album. It is all killer, no filler. Damn. Every track is a banger. 
Damn. Except maybe for the John Legend one, but it's supposed to be bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you know what? The John Legend one really does really does stick out a little bit, huh? Does. Yep. And that's it's genuinely my only gripe with the film is when John Legend comes in. And ever since this film, I've subconsciously had this hatred for John Legend because he represents a side <coughs> yeah. in the film of like capitalism and what that is doing to like the jazz industry and the music industry at large and so on and so forth. And I've subconsciously just had this fucking hate boner for John Legend. <laughs> so whenever he comes up in anything, I'm always like, you fuck off right now, <laughs> fuck Mr. You, Keith. I don't fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I don't want to hear it, you bitch. Um so, I got two jazz takes, yeah. by the way. As a jazz goer, number one- Yes, you do go jazz. Number one, this concept that sort of underpins Ryan Gosling's motivation for the film, that like, people don't like jazz anymore, the kids don't like jazz- what kind of fucking crazy drugs are they smoking in that fucking writer's room? Like, jazz is, like, amazingly, like, one of the most diverse, like, age ranges of, like, any any shows I've been Genre. to. There's yeah. There's fucking mm. 20-year-olds and there's fucking 80-year-olds in that. And then there's a perfectly distributed gradient between those two in the room. J- jazz is, like, crazy like that. Also, I- Obviously, don't like the Keith, the, the, the Keith, the um, yeah, the Ke- Keith, the big band, whatever. The, the I don't their, like the Keith. Their jazz show, like obviously, yeah. like you're fucking meant to not. You're meant to not. Number uh, number one, calling your fucking jazz band the Messengers, that <laughs> evil. You're not Crime. allowed to do that. <laughs> Jail time. <laughs> to execution. Um. But also, um, just Drawn like- and quartered. Just like so embarrassing. Um, and yeah, the, the music is meant to be like a bit Kind whatever. of cringeworthy. Yeah. However, it's also not that outside the realms of reality. Like big band jazz and oh, acid yeah, totally. jazz both exist. <laughs> and yep. also people yeah. playing jazz in front of like a- big crowd who are going ballistic. Have you seen any Cassiopeia show in the last 20 fucking years? <laughs> that's all it is. And that's okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not the jazz yeah, that true. Sebastian doesn't want to- uh, It's not the jazz that Sebastian wants to be doing. So, that's obviously like- yeah. It's fair enough. Yeah. It was just like- That's the- we, It's fine. It's fine. I got no big, I got no big yeah. complaints about it. It was just a no, little bit absolutely. funny. Absolutely. It's, it's the only bit of the <clears> film, like that segment of the film, I get why it's there and it so needs to be there because mm. it gives the amazing conflict between Sebastian and Mia where I've seen it happen so many times in the creative industry. Partner one uh, is, is dating partner two and okay. they are both very fearful individuals. They what are both their names? kind of- what are their names? Give us some uh, names. I need, I need something for my uh, imagination to work. Uh, Jerry and <laughs> Jonathan Samantha. and Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blonathan and Douglas. Uh. <laughs> um, so Blonathan anyway. is a big act. <laughs> Blonathan, Blonathan uh, is fearful of pursuing whatever dream it is that they have. And Douglas is like, no, it's okay, Blonathan. Like, you, you'll get to do that at some point. And I support you in whatever you do while you are working towards whatever the big thing is, right? And then Bonathan kind of 
goes to do this thing that is adjacent to what they want to do, but it's not like creatively fulfilling them, mm. but it is financially fulfilling them. And that is such a fucking big thing for creatives because you can do a gig that's shithouse. Like it is creatively absolutely bankrupt, usually very capitalist, and just you feel like you're the salt of the fucking earth while you're doing it. But you're making money and you're making good money as well. I think the salt of the earth is good. You're the you're the scum of the earth, Douglas. There we go. The what? (laughs) The scum of the earth, Douglas. Scum of the Earth. That's you ever watched Scott Pilgrim, Douglas? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, continue. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Isn't that what he says? He's like, you're the the scum of the Earth, and he's like, thanks. (laughs) Sorry, Um, I'm that scum of the Earth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. Anyway, you do those gigs, you get paid, and it's good when you're a creative. But creatively, there's nothing in the tank. You just feel like Mm. shit, and you kind of you're in like a bit of a cyclical thing because you're like I'm still doing the thing so I shouldn't feel bad and I'm making money so it's good but the big goal and the thing that would creatively fulfill you is still also there so I think from that perspective I oh god that shit gets me so hard and mm. the listening to that conversation between the the conflict between Sebastian and Mia in that scene I'm like fuck it's so relatable uh, from a from a thespian's perspective, and even the like the breakup as well. It's like it kind of needs to happen, and you see that so often in the creative industry as well. People who are like perfect for each other, like they go so well, but their own creative paths pull them in different directions, so it just doesn't happen. And yeah, it's really bittersweet. And the fuck, man, the like. The what could have been sequence, as I said in the pre-spoilers. Jesus Christ. Bawling my eyes out the whole time because it's A, so beautifully shot. Um, Every shot is fucking delectable, which, by the way, I didn't actually realize until watching it this time around. Cinematography is by Linus Sangren, who perhaps a lot of people would now know him for. He did the cinematography for Saltburn. Yeah. I did like the same talk for Saltburn. Mm. He also did Don't Look Up, Babylon, and No Time to Die. So right. that's kind of cool. Damn, um, he did, he did Don't Look the- He did Don't Look Up. I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hey, continue. I think there was some like kind of fun shots in I'm being Don't facetious. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But anyway, yes. Uh, uh, I uh, yeah. I do. I, 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 creative- I want to jump in here because this is your. This is related, and it was actually also related to my gripe, which was Please. that I I did feel that that last slice of the film felt a little unearned, um, because like I think it, you can see how it makes logical sense, um, because it's the track the film had been going down, right, where the film has been like the there. Their differences are pulling them apart, right? Um, yeah. Uh, or rather, yeah, the difference of perspective and, and also the differences Mia in there. Mia can't bear to see Sebastian doing a thing that he knows he hates <clears throat> mm. just because he's get- earning something financially. And mm. he's got this thing in his head where he's, like I was saying, it's that thing that goes into creative head where they're like, I'm doing the thing. I shouldn't complain. I'm making money. Therefore, I'm just going to keep doing the thing. But yeah. Mia is in pain because she's watching him do this thing that 
she knows is not the thing that he actually wants to do. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I did, like, I, leading up to that, you have, um, like, that great big scene where he, like, pushes her and it works, you know? And it, 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 it just felt like there was a bit of disconnect. It felt like the film was, you know, trying to wrap back into that, um, everything's gonna work out, you know, type vibe. Um, and, and. Do you mean it's after not, putting it in the pit, you feel like it didn't quite deserve the climb? The, the start, you know, the, we, we, we hit that point with the five years later. And it and yep. it seems like they had completely like reconciled and they were back like making it happen, right? Like I felt like I wanted a little bit before that time skip that made it feel like me is good now, but it's still not going to work out because um, it didn't feel like there was a hint for that. Like he like mm. he even goes like, "Oh, I could go do jazz in France," you know, like. And it also didn't feel it, it like character wise didn't feel crazy that he would go do that. And he'd be like, I'm a fucking sick pianist and you're going to start making stacks of fucking cash. So let's just go to fucking France. Like that felt somewhat in character for him. And, you know, he was he was like driving yeah. her dream, you know, like this idea that she was away for seven months and their relationship was completely unsalvageable as a result. Is like crazy to me. It's like yeah, but okay. Counter argument for one, Mia wouldn't allow him to do that. Like morally, she wouldn't allow herself to. I don't want to speak for the character, but how I perceive <laughs> them, they Mia would not allow Sebastian to give up on owning the fucking bar and grill and getting the chicken on a stick thing happening. By going to Paris. Like, going to Paris, he'd still do jazz there. He'd still be able to find something there. Yes, but there is a what if of mm. what if the bar and grill goes open and you can, you can like, lease it. You can buy the place and you're in Paris. Oh, because he wanted that, that location, didn't he? Yeah. 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 And he's in Paris while that's happening and someone else gets it and they get a lease for fucking five years or something like that. And mm. then that's gone. Dream in the bin for another five years. So- I understand where Mia is coming from, not allowing him to make that choice. Yeah. Secondly, what else were we were you, you were saying? I forget because I had another thought. Um, <laughs> I, I, Fuck. I, but the, like those character motivations, like you can look at it and go, like I feel that she wouldn't allow this. It feels like she wouldn't do that. But oh, it- I got it. Sorry, the five years later, uh, <laughs> the five years later bit. I think works best in the way that it is because it's such a gut punch. It's yeah. such a because I, you I have. Think, I think the effect is s- good. Like I think mm. that 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 whole sequence is like fucking heartbreaking. But you're like, it's believable. Totally, it's believable as long as you say to yourself. But it's real. As long as you say to yourself, okay, for whatever reason, they didn't keep the fucking relationship Re- going. Connect. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. if, if, you, if like, you're- I, okay, genuinely, my headcanon, Mia goes over for seven months and in Paris, like, starts talking with someone over there and then that kind of pulls her attention enough that mm. that's a thing. Sebastian, on the other hand, he doesn't find anyone. He's still chilling. He's just working on the bar, 
kind of he's in workaholic mode, mm. and I don't think with how committed Sebastian is to the idea of running this business that he wouldn't be able to juggle a relationship unless it was someone who he knew and understood on that deep level mm. like he does with Mia. So, and it almost sounds like as if he's like, if not Mia, then fuck it. I don't care. Like, I don't want it. So, yeah. which is, yeah, I don't know. That's how I perceive it. But. It, just, it just felt like that was a gap. Like, I felt like a lot of the, like, you, I, I, was, I wasn't feeling like, oh, what happened here with anything else in the film? Like, mm. it, everything was very easy to follow. Whereas that was like, you can, you can theorize and, and, you know, make things. Oh, that yeah, totally. Are, yeah. You know, probably, you know, make sense within the characters, but it just, it, it just felt there was a little something missing. Just cause the, that, that's not the direct, just from just purely the emotion going between the characters that was not the direction it felt to me that they were sort of moving that was all besides that yeah. i mean it's it's fucking oh it's fucking heartbreaking it's like fucking yeah. one hell of an ending um yo the last the last shot of them looking at each other and just kind of like not full smiling but just a gentle smile of like hey you're mm. doing okay i'm doing okay it's nice mm. to see you kind of oh my god God, it's so beautiful. So much said without a single word needing to be said. Like, mm. fuck yeah. So good. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling eats that bit as well, which I was not expecting him to, but he, he does. eats that. Yeah. Because I- I, th- I think I feel- He looks sad as fuck. When he starts playing yeah. the na 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 bit, like just that refrain and then like kind of stops and just like stares at the keys- my man is still down <laughs> bad. Like, when he said, I will always love you, he fucking meant, I will always love you. <laughs> for, for a man who classically does not uh, emote that much. Yes. Everything. Like, the moment he, like, Mind sees blown. her and you see his fucking, like, face just, like, drop. You're just like, oh, drop. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Goddamn. Really good. Yeah. Shiny light. Yes. I, I don't I don't know why this hit me so hard, but the scene where they drive away and she's like, oh my god, it's oh I think when she's like he's like honking the horn and she's like, oh it's him, and um they drive off and she's like it's a one way street and they like back up as there's like a oh, bus yeah, or like yeah, a delivery yeah, truck, truck or something yeah, yeah. like point stupid I loved it <laughs> <laughs> very goofy yeah but very mm. good yeah shining light hmm. I got a secondary. Yeah, go ahead. I can I can gift you a shining light. Yes, please. <laughs> the whole film is a shining I, um, light for me. So I thought it was a I thought it was a great touch. The uh, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna say this is something like incredible and inspired, but I thought it was very f- fun. I'm gonna say question mark at the end of their fight after he's like he's made dinner for her and they have the fight. Um, yeah, and then the fucking like smoke alarm goes off. As mm. like a punctuating point for it to like it's it's mm. like the ten like this is the tension break it's point. Done. I like yeah. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Such a clever way to end that whole sequence. Yeah. 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 Uh, to punctuate it. Punctuate. Punctuate. <laughs> punctuate. Uh yeah. Yeah, that's me. Dang. Uh let me run through my notes real quick. Um 
the I only realized I don't know why I only realized this now and not any of the other times that I watched it, but the fact that Sebastian walks up the hill with her to go find her car, even though he parked like right out front of where the party was, <laughs> and he was like, you know, like looking for his car, like where's my car? But he actually, yeah, just parked right out the front. That's cute. I didn't realize that. So relatable, so relatable, Sebastian. <laughs> and you are so real for that. <laughs> Me too, Ryan. Me, Me too. too, bestie. <laughs> um, all of these long ass takes as well that Linus Sangren and the fucking crew do are crazy. Like mm. that hill shot, the one where they do the fucking dance. Um, mm. the what is it? Um, a lovely night. Oh my god. It is so good when you realize that it's just one continuous fucking thing is crazy. Like to get all of that, the lighting, the choreography, the song all happening in tandem to get that perfect shot. That's fucked. But so incredible that they actually (laughs) did it. You know, I feel like I gotta watch it again now because it's not it's not hard choreo, but. It it still has to be, like, punctuated and done in a way that's, you know, it's got that kind of oomph to it to go with the track. So, mm. yeah, nah, it's oh. so talented. Everyone, so talented. Not even just Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, but, like, whole cast, whole crew. Not whole cast. Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, and the crew. Smash it. So good. Um, And I actually recognize some dancers. Like, dancers that I look up to in LA and New York and stuff. And uh, predominantly... Another Day of Sun and Somewhere in the Crowd, which is where a lot of the ensemble kind of dance really happens. But mm. I noticed some faces and that was really cool because I was like, damn, I'm actually like, I'm aware of these people now, which is really cool. I like how lateral the film is. It's very on that plane. You know where they're walking around the the studio kind of lots and the... Oh, it sort of like follows them around. Yeah, like while they're just walking. And it's very, it's on that, what do you call it? The X plane? I would just say the horizontal plane. (laughs) The horizontal plane. Um, it's 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 difficult because X is definitely right and left, but people will get in arguments about whether Y is up and down or in and out. <laughs> so I just Ah, true. Yeah, so horizontal <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Horizontal plane. Um they utilize that a lot in not uh in a couple of scenarios. So I was just like, damn, it's very yeah, on that it doesn't ever go up or down too much. Mm. Especially when there's a song at play. So, in, yes, mm. cool. Hmm. Ryan Gosling is so fucking cute. The way he does the choreo is so fucking cute because he is so focused. Whenever he does any choreo, you can see Ryan Gosling's like whole face and everything just kind of go into like full focus mode because you can tell he's really fucking giving it his all and he really wants to hit it like good. So, and you know what, Gosling? You do all right. The, I remember being a little bit pissy with you when I first watched it, but hey. <laughs> I've matured a little bit now, and I see you. You're working hard. Hey, I've already said it. Howitz put his whole fucking budusi into composing this music. It's crazy. It's so good. Um, yeah, they're both just so fearful. And yo, uh, Ryan Gosling gets his ballad pretty early on in City of Stars, and you're like, oh, that's cute. Like it's a nice one. And then mm. you keep on going through the film, and you're like, damn, when's Emma Stone gonna get hers? Like, is she gonna get one? And then she gets like. The best one, like, out of the fucking, like, the whole soundtrack. 
Like, it is so good. I forgot how good it was. When it came around to it, I was, I, I, that was when the tears started. And then from mm. there on, it was just, the floodgates were open. You were just um, gone. Yeah. God, it's so beautiful. The fucking, the fools who dream. Emma Stone can have my whole heart. So good. But anyway, that's all my notes. Mm. Would you like some trivia, perhaps? So I can continue um, speaking like a lunatic. Gavin. Yeah, keep Gavin, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad yeah, you're yeah. this one because it's let getting get it long. <laughs> let me let me let me get it out. Um, according to composer Justin Hurwitz, all the piano performances featured in the film were first recorded by pianist Randy Kerber during pre-production. Ryan Gosling then spent two hours a day, six days a week, in piano lessons, learning the music by heart. By the time filming had begun, Gosling was able to play all the piano sequences seen in the film without the use of a hand double or CGI. That's sick. That's so good. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the piano scenes, they do it from quite a wide angle. Get the full, get the full Gosling in there. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Get the full Gosling. No, it's very, good. it's very Which clear good how they shoot it, that they're like, no, this is Gosling. Like. We, uh, we do like to look at Ryan Gosling. So we've said this. <laughs> It is well documented. The audition scene where the casting director interrupts Mia's emotional performance to take a phone call, so fucked up and so relatable, by the way, was actually inspired by one of Ryan Gosling's auditions in real life. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Happens a lot. It's really bad. Casting directors suck. (laughs) (laughs) They have, like, they're just, there's no, like, sense of, like, humanism in some audition panels. Not all of them, but Mm. some audition panels. Especially when an actor is like putting their all on the fucking line, and then they're like, "Oh, can I just have a a, a small macchiato, please? Thank you so much." Like, you're like, ah, hey, what? I, 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 I'm assuming it's extra bad when there's a lot of money involved because that person yes. goes from being like a very passionate artistic person to like someone who has to find a talented person so they can turn that talented person back into more money. Exactly. Yeah, you mm. got it. The line in the film said by Sebastian, quote, that's LA, they worship everything and they value nothing, end quote, was actually added in by Ryan Gosling himself when he heard his real life partner, Eva Mendes, mention it as a joke. Oh, that's cute. Cute line. Also didn't, mm. uh, finally clocked with me like La La Land, LA, LA Land. Uh, because that's what that they also call, they just call LA. Los Angeles La yeah. La Land as well. Yeah. 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 Like, like City a- City of like Angels, a, baby. Like a, so Yeah. <laughs> Uh, The crew had a limited time window of 30 minutes. Uh, Director of photography, Linus Sangren, said it was exactly between 7.20 and 7.50 p.m. within two days to film the Magic Hour Dusky Purple Twilight Hollywood Hills dance sequence. According to- That's such a mouthful. According to David Giselle, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, uh, they managed five takes in two days, where after each take, they would go back to the starting point with the assistants wiping their sweat before starting the dance routine again. The fourth take is the one that is used in the final film. Yeah, wow. Good job. That's crazy. Yeah, baby. Fuck. Incredible. Mm. Emma Stone performed The Fools Who Dream live. She would decide where to switch from dialogue to singing. There was no pre-recorded track she was lip-syncing to. Justin Hurwitz, the song's composer, was in another room playing piano in her ear. Director Damien Chazelle said this was done so Emma could have more control of the scene. That's fucking bonkers. That's incredible. Because that was, yeah. To create that so authentically in the moment. Oh, my God. (laughs) Fuck. I mean, I mean, well, that's probably 
probably how yeah you do how it make lands it feel so well. authentic yeah absolutely by yeah. like it'd be hard to do it otherwise by, yeah doing it like that yeah absolutely. Mm. Because Damien Chazelle wanted to shoot the scene in the tradition of old musicals without cuts or editing, Ryan Gosling practiced playing the piano and played it himself in one take on his first day of shooting. Co-star John Legend, who is classically trained <laughs> pianist, says he is jealous of how quickly Gosling learned to play so well. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Fuck you, John Legend. <laughs> I was wondering this. Uh, I think it's semi-related. I'm wondering if they did some of the scenes multicam, like the argument scene. It felt- Yeah. Very fluid. Like, because shot-wise, it wasn't that complicated. It was all shot-counter-shot. No. And then yeah. I think maybe a wide. Um, mm. And I think that you would probably have just a better outcome. Uh, yeah. If you did like that. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting thought. Interesting question. I'm going to find out. Keep, keep talking. Go ahead. During the shoot, Ryan Gosling's partner, Eva Mendes, was looking after their daughter, pregnant with their second child, and caring for her brother, who underwent cancer treatment. During his award acceptance speech at the 74th Annual Golden Globe Awards, Gosling tearfully acknowledged Mendes for her strength while he was preoccupied with dancing and music practice, and dedicated his award to her brother, who passed away after filming Wrapped. Yeah, it is. Oh, that's lovely. That's heavy, but yeah. So sweet. Mm. Emma Watson turned down the role of Mia due to scheduling conflicts with Beauty and the Beast, while Ryan Gosling turned down the role of the Beast in that film to appear in this one. Coincidentally, <laughs> both are musicals. Ironically, Emma Stone would later drop out of the role of Meg March in Little Women due to scheduling conflicts with promoting The Favourite, and Watson was cast to replace her in that part. Yeah. Crazy how these things happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Did like, you like forget you were looking it up or No no I have been looking it up and haven't been getting fucking shit but um oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like I've been watching a lot of Emma Stone recently, which once again So good. I like Emma No complaints. I like Emma Stone. I feel yep. like she has put her in everything. She I think she's ended up in unfortunately in a lot of shit films. Yeah. Um but when there's something that you're like, yeah, this is fucking but you're totally like, nah, this is fuck it. Crack it. Yeah. Then, then, yep. then, it, then that is the case when that, when that, yep. <laughs> fucking watch Cruella and I was like, I mean, it's not a good movie, but I do like Emma Stone. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, prior uh, to filming, day- I mean, oh, go ahead. No one, no one has talked about La La Land and multicam on the internet. So I, I suspect. Sad. No, surely they did. It would be so easy to Linus, do. Linus, hit us up. Let's get Linus Sanger yeah. on the podcast. Mm. Genuinely. Just don't, I might, just, I might yeah, do yeah. the email No, thing. no, don't come on the podcast. Just give us- Just, <laughs> just email, email him us. and get him yes to- Yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you give us a written explanation? Anyway, prior to filming, Damien Chazelle, Ryan Gosling, and Emma Stone visited Gene Kelly's widow and were able to look through many of Kelly's film memorabilia, including his leather-bound copy of the script for Singing in the Rain. At the end of the visit, Kelly's widow's dog escaped, and Chazelle and Gosling ended up running through traffic to rescue the dog, with Chazelle affirming to Gosling, quote, We will not kill Gene Kelly's widow's dog. (laughs) (laughs) They were successful in rescuing the dog. (laughs) That would be so fucked up. Can you imagine? <laughs> My God! Uh, like, let's that, come yeah. and look at like this amazing dancer stuff, and then they fucking kill the dude's widow's dog. That's crazy. <laughs> would be a crap day. Oh, it'd be a shitty day. 
The opening number, Another Day of Sun, was filmed at an extremely hot temperature of 43 degrees Celsius in two days. Mm. Each performer had two spare sets of costumes stored in the cars, which they changed between takes. To maximise the filming time, choreographer Mandy Moore started rehearsals in May of 2015 at the parking lot behind the production office. The sequence was mapped with miniature model cars and post-it notes. During filming, as to avoid being (laughs) accidentally filmed on the overhead camera... Moore was hidden beneath a car so that she could bark instructions to the dancers, which is <laughs> the most dancer thing you have ever heard. Rehearsing in a parking lot outside the back of a production office, the like miniature model cars and the post-it notes, so fucking real. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's how it happens. I, um, yeah, was definitely wondering. I mean, like I made a joke about it in the opening. I was like, uh... How much, how long did they hold up traffic <laughs> in Los Angeles? Uh, and then I was like, that's going to be, that's going to be a big part of living in LA. It's like, okay, well, I have to take a fucking movie. God damn it. I have it, to yeah. take another fucking, it's going to take me 15 minutes extra to get to work <laughs> because I've got to fucking, these fucking pricks on their fucking <laughs> cars. <laughs> I mean, it was like that in Sydney for a while where Ryan Gosling was in, they were filming, fuck. It's some weird random ass movie that Ryan Gosling is in that's coming out mm. like soon. Um, oh. And they were, it shut down like the Sydney, C- Fall Guy. They shut down the Sydney CBD because they were doing this sequence of Fall Guy in the center of Sydney. And it shut down like two main streets and our tram that was in the CBD because Jesus. they were doing a thing like with the tram. I. Mm left work and i saw ryan gosling it was crazy i like saw him from afar i was like that's the Mm. guy he's the full guy (laughs) i didn't know it was called that at the time but (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh my last bit of trivia it shares the record for most oscar nominations which is 14 with titanic and all about eve la la land is the only one of the three to not win best picture even though it is lauded as the immaculate fuck up at the Academy Awards where uh, oh. I forget who was reading it, but they misread it and said it was fucking La La Land. And then everyone from the La La Land crew came on stage to receive it. And then it's fucking fantastic. David Chazelle goes, there's been a mistake. It wasn't La La Land. And I'm pretty sure it was Moonlight or something like that. But fuck, that was, that was one of the biggest fuck ups of like Academy Awards of all time. Cause it was it's such pretty, a bait. It's pretty gut wrenching. You're like, oh For no. Best picture. Yeah. Like, and to get yeah. everyone on stage before Damien Giselle fucking snatched the thing, looked at it and went, it's not La La Land. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I forgot about that. So I mean, 2016 up. was a while ago, so. 2016 that was would've a been 20, year. That would have been 2017 for the awards, though. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's all the trivia. Mm. I love this fucking movie. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun, Douglas. Um, yeah, I had IMDb. <laughs> I had IMDb open, and I I found out that there's a Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and I'm like, have we not had enough monkey movies? I'm sick of these damn <laughs> not, monkeys. Did you see? Did you see they're doing Godzilla and Kong? Not Godzilla versus yes. King Kong. It's like they're yes, it looks allies. I mean, it, it looks, looks kind of bad. <laughs> It looks stupid, but so did Pacific Rim. So I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna like pass judgment we just yet. That's true. However, however, it looks stupid. <laughs> oh, this new King of the Pine of the Apes film was filmed in New South Wales. Whoa, and probably right. and other places. Oh no, 
It was all in New South Wales. What the fuck? Anyway, look at that. Well, there's a Disney Studios in New South in Sydney. Yes, there is. Uh, it used to be the twenty. 20- yeah, it was Moonlight, the one best pic- motion picture of the year, by the way. Um, there, where the twentieth century Fox used to be, which is near where I studied dance professionally, um, is a uh, yeah Disney like lot. Yeah, because mm, yeah. twentieth century Fox is now Disney. So yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot. Mm. Well, that's soul crushing. And if yeah. you want more soul crushing epiphanies, we uh, <laughs> put them out every week. Tuesday midnight, Australian Eastern Standard Time, which comes out to Monday afternoons in Europe and Monday mornings in America. Douglas, where can people go if they want more info on the podcast? Uh, you can go to www.250.com. It is a hub for all things 250 related. There's INDB's top 250 list of all time as of January 2020 on the homepage there. You can look at all the films that we've done previously and any that we have to come in the one year-ish left that we have yeah. of the podcast. Scary. Um, at the top of the website, there are three links. The first link. I don't think it's the first one, but one of them is Spotify. You can listen to us on Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. The second link is to our Instagram, which is at 250pod, T-W-O-F-I-V-E-O-H-P-O-D. Our DMs are open. If you'd like to tell me to shut the fuck up and stop talking about movie musicals, and absolutely do that there. Or if you're like it's a more professional- do, It's not going to do anything. You can, you can yeah, complain all you like. It's not going to stop me, but like you can, yeah, you can do it anyway if it makes you feel better. If you're like a more professional avenue of telling me to shut the fuck up, you can also reach us out via email, which is another link that's at the top of the 250 website. Uh, mail at 250.com. Oh, um, Douglas and I both use Letterboxd, which is a movie tracking- It's, it's Letterboxd. Douglas and I both use Letterboxd. Um, it's Letterboxd. And we are- and we're on Letterbox. I got to stop saying this because we're fucking this deep into the movie. Everyone knows what Letterbox is. Uh, yeah. My account Letterbox is Upa. That is U U U P A H. And Douglas. My account is Ienzo Knight. I E N Z O K N I G H T. Ienzo Knight. It's your fucking username. <laughs> <laughs> you can look up Ienzo Knight Upa or Two Five O on the Letterbox search engine, and you'll find us. We do written reviews of all the films that we talk about here on the Two Five O, as well as anything else that we watched in our spare time. I rewatched uh, Suzume because nice. I was wondering whether it would hit me as hard as it did the first time. And what do you know? It still does. I think I'm just really down bad for Makoto Shinkai's dumb shit. Like, I know that, like, on a critical level, Suzume is not a good film. Like, it's not, like, it's not, like, critically good. But the feeling that it pulls out of me is i can't describe it gets me so i gotta be true to myself even though it's wrong and say so, yeah. that suzume is a fucking banger. kill the movie critic in your head douglas <laughs> allow yourself to enjoy films enjoy indulge um yeah it's beautiful uh when you nice. take it to the real world circumstances and everything it just becomes even more beautiful which is crazy um yeah wonderful film and i watched a short film as well which i discovered vis-a-vis a podcast called that's not what vis-a-vis means what i don't think that's what vis-a-vis means <laughs> I, I think you mean via yeah that's what i mean <laughs> it just means about <laughs> oh really yeah oh uh, the podcast is called Words That Move Me with Dana Wilson. Dana Wilson is one of the dancers who was in La La Land. Oh, awesome. She's a fantastic dancer um, based in LA. And the podcast is about um, navigating a career in dance. Yeah. And just kind of her speaking with other dancers who are in the field 
and yeah, just kind of chatting the shit for a little bit. It's great. It's a fantastic nice. podcast. Um, and they talked about in that podcast they talked about a short film called Anima, uh, which was released in 2019. It's a Netflix special short film, 15 minutes, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, and it's a collaboration between Paul Thomas Anderson and Tom York of Radiohead fame. And it is also starring Tom York, um, which is crazy because I always forget what that motherfucker looks like. He looks like Simon Pegg in The World's End, but like all the time. It's crazy. Okay. <laughs> he looks like he would be the lead singer of Radiohead. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, it's beautiful. It's a fucking fantastic short film. And Jonathan, I think you should watch it. I think you would really get a fucking kick out of it. It's Anima. Yes. It's got a lot of really cool contemporary dance in it. Um, some of the concepts and stuff are so fucking creative and so- Did it come out last year? Mind-blowing. 2019. 2019. 15 minutes. Got it. Yeah. It's superb. I really, really fuck with it. Um, I'm so, I was so inspired after watching it. And I'm, I, I picked the day to watch it so perfectly because I ended up- going to teach contemporary dance later on that evening as like I watched it and completely coincidentally was teaching contemporary later on that evening. So it was perfect. Um, nice. But yeah, no, it's superb. And the actual, the like soundtrack that Tom York made, the, it's a little album called Anima is actually quite good as well. It gets a little bit pretentious at the start, but it gets a lot better as it goes on, which is tends to be how a lot of Radiohead stuff goes in my opinion it gets <laughs> I, I a little bit say, pretentious it is tom york <laughs> yeah exactly uh but then it gets better um dawn chorus is fucking insane as a track it's genuinely it's mm. got to be the best track out of the whole fucking thing but yeah that's all i watch sorry i've talked so much this yeah. fucking episode a little jab, little, I, like, I, when we were talking about this before the episode I said, Douglas, you need to bring the same energy that I did with Mandy, and you have succeeded, sir. Yes. <laughs> it's like an hour and- It's not quite an hour and a half episode, but we'll see, but we'll see what we can do. I- Tiptoe on the line. Yeah, we're, we're pushing it. I watched, but I'm a cheerleader. Um, and it was- It's pretty good. It's about- It's about- It's about gay- It's about gay people. It's, it's like- <clears throat> It's about like- Sort of about gay conversion therapy. I oh. mean, it's explicitly about gay con- conversion therapy, but it's <laughs> like the problem is that it sort of. I think if you see the trailer, it reads as a comedy, and it's not really, or at least I didn't think it was that. I have that it on my watch funny. list. Weird. Yeah, uh, probably because I told you to. Um, it's sort of like classic queer cinema, but right, uh, it was alright. Um, like it just felt like a lot of I think I think living in the in the you know year of RuPaul being a fucking household name, it mm. sort of takes away from some of the the you know queer in jokes that I think people might have found more more punchy you know back when this came out. It was very it was very it was very in jokes in two thousand. Now you're just like yeah, I mean, it's not the first time I've Julie Delpy is in it. Yeah. That's crazy. RuPaul, RuPaul's in it. Natasha Leone is the main character. Wow. Um, what's his name? Uh, Dante Basco's in it. Love my man, Dante Basco. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Natasha Leone plays right? herself okay. in um, Glass Onion. Fuck, that's crazy. Wow. Does she? I forget that. 
I got, yeah. I'm going to skim the last onion. Anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, it was all right. Um, I didn't hate it. Very quiet movie. I think that I needed some more something to get me a bit more invested. Because if it was, like, very serious, I think having very little music. But there also wasn't much folly as well. Mm. Like, it was just quiet all around. It was very, very odd. But it was fun. It was fun. You know a movie that was also like that? The Boy and the Heron. It's a very quiet movie, which I was not expecting. Interesting. Um, I'm excited for you to see that as well, by the way. Yeah. Cool. Uh, That's podcasting, baby. That's it. That's all I got. This is what I see. I couldn't push it to an hour. I was like, I really want to push it to an hour and a half, but I (laughs) got like like one movie and I don't have that much to say about it. Uh, I'm still watching Kaguya-sama Love is War. It's the anime drop in the can. It's fantastic, by the way. Go watch Kaguya-sama War. It's so fucking... The first two episodes are like a little bit like hard to push through, but once you get that done and you get into the characters, ah, oh, so fucking good. Yeah, nice. Um, I realized today that I fucked up and started reading the third Dune book instead of the second Dune book. <laughs> that was embarrassing. I'd read like maybe four or five chapters, and I was like, "Man, it really seems like they cut out a lot from the middle." But I, I guess that's just how they decided to write it. <laughs> oh, I think they're doing the um the the fir- the first screening of Dune Part Two has they happened are. because I have seen a red carpet um shot. Uh, I think Anya, was it Anya Taylor Joy or was it um Anya Taylor Joy? She's the surprise kind of um person who we person. didn't know that she was in the film until this point, which is mad. Um, she's I think the daughter of the Bene Gesserit is what she's playing. Um, the, do you mean the emperor? Yeah. Uh, the Ben. No, no, it's Florence Pugh. Uh, the Bene Gesserit yeah. is a group, not a person. You're right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh I wonder who she could. There, she's not going to be Ayla, it, is she? Some- she might be. She might be. Oh, you, you're 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 thinking of um Jennifer the um the like like. Paul's mom. No. Because I know she's, she's played by Rebecca Ferguson. Her daughter, who was not in the first film. Rebecca Ferguson's daughter. Rebecca Ferguson's character's daughter. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah. There you go. Maybe. It's- th- This is one of the- th- I- I don't want to spoil- I've already basically spoiled enough. The- th- There is a character- Like- Jessica has a daughter. Yeah. And she is she has a speaking role in the film. I'm not gonna explain how. You'll see. I'm pretty sure it's Anya Taylor Joy though. Yeah, number one, I didn't know how that was gonna happen. Number two, uh, I mean I can believe Anya Taylor Joy. Um Hey, she's I think she's pretty good. I liked her in the menu. I thought she was pretty good. I no no no. She's a great actress. I'm not not disputing that. I'm just saying it feels a little strange that she would be the character who is canonically like three months old in the second oh. half of Dune. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Fair. Heard. So we'll see. I'm interested. Um, TBA. I, I'm, very, like, um, I'm very interested in how that's going to play out. I'm, I'm also, quite excited yo, to see. While we're talking about Red Carpet Dune Part 2, Zendaya fucking smacked in that um the they brought back the metal um suit thing that mm. the original oh, yeah. actress that <clears throat> she wore it in the red carpet when the first Dune film came out. Um it was like, yeah, it's in day's take on it. And I'm like, man, 
That's mad. I love that. Like the little was it a day's take on it, or was it just was it just the I think the, from the neck up, it became Zendaya's take because the original actress wore like some mad fucking headpiece thing that went with the whole thing. But Zendaya right. did away with that and she just kind of like did her hair in a very like slick kind of way to go with the rest of the ensemble. And the rest of the ensemble, mm. I'm pretty sure, is the, uh, yeah, the same as the one that the previous actress wore. So cool. Right. I love fashion. Uh, is it the, wait, no, no, this is different again. I- I remember seeing a photo of it and I thought it was a runway um, photo, but maybe it wasn't. No. Maybe I was just seeing- I was probably just seeing the premiere from- It's- yeah. The other- yeah. Anyway, well, there you go. Question answered. I really hope that she changed into something else because I'm watching her walking around and she looks- She's full C-3PO-ing it. A little bit uncomfortable, yeah. Also, it seems like- did she have some covering the nips? Yeah, I don't know. I assume it's hard so. Hard to see. It looked like it looked like someone had edited it out. Sorry, that sounds really pervy. It just looks like someone edited her nipples out in this photo. That's all. It was uh, <laughs> Which is always the funniest. Yeah. Always the funniest fucking thing to me where they're just like, yeah. This is uh This is a this is a family brochure. We can't show nipples in it. <laughs> anyway. Um. <laughs> Your initial reports are that Dune Part 2 is a triumph, so... Damn. I didn't think- uh, Yeah, I never thought it would be bad. There's a couple of things in it that I'm interested to see how they do, but... I mean, after reading the books and seeing how fucking honestly strained and, like, from, like, a writing perspective, how strange some things in the original Dune book are, and then seeing how VNU sort of smoothed them over. I've talked about this already. Yeah. Um, he just, like, made it much more palatable without sort of taking away the could magic we, of it, you know? Could we- Maybe when Dune Part 2 comes out, could we do, like, a- Like, Dune 1 and 2 as a- as a, bu- a bonus? A b- 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 bonus? Uh, That'd be kind uh, of fun. Sure. Yeah. It's a thought. Let's do it. Um, yes, I- I'm- I'm keen. I'm interested. This is, uh- I, I'm now- sorry, I'm now, like, desperately searching to see what the fucking release date is, because if it's premiering, it's, it's probably releasing around in a Around March. Months. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, March. Okay, dope. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you get some shows- there's some films where they premiere and then they only release, like, this fucking- fucking Mars Express premiered, like- Yeah. Premiered, like, on, a year ago, Mars and it still Express. doesn't come out for another six months. <laughs> Give it to me. I'm so keen. But, but a lot of- not a lot, but there, there's a non-zero amount of films where they premiere and then they don't have a world wide release for like three or four months. So yeah, true. Hmm. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, that's podcasting. Uh, thank you. If you yeah. listened all the way through this fucking thing, God fucking speed. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, we almost hit an hour and thirty. It's gonna tr- it's gonna edit down to less. Yes, but yes. Mm. Uh, the raw cut is closer to uh, an hour thirty. You uh, see you next week for your motherfucking name, baby. Wait, American Beauty, then your name. My apologies. We're mm. um, behind the behind the lens, especially if you've listened this far. We've already recorded American Beauty, which is why I thought your name was next. But American Beauty is actually releasing next week. But we're we're kind of getting a little bit fucky with it at the moment because we're going to be doing the same thing with Aliens as well. We're going to be recording Alien, but 
we're watching both of those movies, but that it's the Alien episode is going to release like way down the line, and then Aliens is actually going to release like sooner. So we're 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 watching them still in order, but it'll be released in like a very weird time frame. Um, apparently, Madam Web is even worse than Morbius. Um, and we will see you next week for more films. I'm film. Almost hit. And I'm film, and th- and oh. joining me is. You said just you. More? I don't know. Who am I supposed to be? I don't know. Oh wait, no. I'm two, and joining me is. Five O. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Sorry, that was a better setup. I don't know why I didn't think of that. In the, I, I was literally serving you garbage. <laughs> I'm film. Fucking yes, and me, motherfucker. <laughs>